0: So when I'm telling facts is important for for like, anybody listening to this will be huge for them because when you're telling us facts, 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 figures, whatever benefits, features, it's hard for people to really pull it. But when you're telling us, because you're trying to define the outcome for them, but when you're telling a story, you think that they're hearing your story, not, they're translating their own story in their head of how yeah. they re- relate to that story. Yeah. That's what it is, right? And that's powerful because that also causes connection. And one of the most important things you can do with inspiring and, you know, individuals to move forward and do anything is to connect. You say that and it makes me think of and wonder how many people have never even thought through how to tell their story.
1: Welcome to the lion's den the real estate podcast for perspicacious investors who know they have the strength to succeed in a lucrative commercial multifamily industry. Gain expert advice on your way to becoming a top performer. I'm your host, Adam Parrish. I have my three co-hosts, Denato Callahan, Ian Mosley, and Lisa L. Parrish. How's it going with you three?
2: Great.
1: Great to be here. We're very excited.
2: I know I always say this, but we're really, really excited this time.
3: This, she made of this. Well, we, we had Ryan
2: Woolley um last time, and that was, like, amazing. And now we have Tyler Debra. So, I mean, those are the Oh, you're not supposed few. to
1: tell him yet. I was going to leave him. Oh, into shoot. That. We <laughs> didn't have <laughs> a podcast
4: yet. Well, they didn't see him. This is how <laughs> on here. Tyler used
0: to it. Dude, I have to just say before we talk about Adam, your, your podcast voice is shit. Like, the minute I was I was like,
4: oh, shit. I don't even know. It's got the God, radio voice. going to totally. get hired for a movie sound.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I'm standing today. I'm seeing if that makes it better. Whatever, Whatever you're doing, it was great.
0: Good. I loved it. The intro, I'm hooked immediately. I'll just tell you that.
1: Okay, now I'll awesome. introduce you. you. <laughs> yeah. Joining the Lion's Den today is a sought-after international speaker, nine-figure co-founder and CEO of MF Capital Partners and Multifamily Mindset. An educational company providing investors guidance to acquire properties and co host of the Growth Cast podcast, the preeminent syndicator of multifamily real estate, Tyler Devereaux. Woo!
4: Yay. Yay. We still need the chair thing <laughs> in the
0: background. We works. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, bro, we're contracting with you to do every intro for every podcast. I don't care who the host is. It's like, no, no, I, I bring my own intro.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mess up my words every
1: once in a while, but I can edit all that out.
0: No, it's legit, man.
2: It's time is great for me.
0: For sure. Right. Grateful to be here, man. Thank you guys for having it's me so on. Glad we were able to make it happen. Yeah, thank you, right. Tyler.
1: And what yeah. is the word of the day, Tyler? Well, oh, word of the day
0: is going to be aloha. You want me to go into explaining explain what aloha is? For me? Right? Okay. Okay, yes, sir. So most people think about it, as hello, goodbye, right? And that is, it's kind of all encompassing out here. But if you break down the word, alo actually means to see and ha means breath of life. So so if you're talking to somebody out here and they say, like, for example, right? When uh, you know, I go to church, the church yesterday and from the front, before anybody speaks from church, they'll say aloha and the crowd will reply aloha back. It's because alo means to see. So they're saying, hey, man, I see the God in you and I know you see the God in me. And a is breath of life. So I want to breathe life into you right now. And, and if I ever see that you're not living up to the God that I see in you, I'm going to freaking breathe life into you. that you see it and live up to it? So that's the true meaning of a little ha. Yeah. I
2: did not know that. Oh, that's, cool.
0: Yeah. That's great. We're knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, I love that That's truth bomb right there. Boom. Right out the Gettys.
1: Oh, it's All right. <laughs> So the conundrum of today's episode is how do I host investor webinars and should I start a fund? First, I want Tyler to tell us a little bit more about his story and who he is. You want to do that, Tyler?
0: Well, How far back do you want me to go, bro? <laughs>
1: like the research, <reader's laughs> <analysis person? laughs> all the way back to when you were born.
0: Dang. <laughs> I like to hear tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow my
4: done tomorrow.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be one of those like uh, what is it, Joe Rogan podcasts <laughs> that are like three <laughs> hours.
4: Three hours. <laughs> the <It's> best. <been laughs> nice.
0: Now, my story is, uh, I feel like I got into real estate because uh, I've I've always been curious about wealth. I've been curious about wealth and how to create it because I felt the need to provide it for uh, my family. But I also, I, I wanted more than just you can make money so many different ways, right? So I wanted something that would provide uh, the ability to uh, spend time with family, provide for my family, obviously uh, in all aspects. And then do be in a position to give back, you know, and all those things were kind of like hardwired into me as I as I grew up and, you know, hindsight is reflecting back is really where I realized where those things came into play. But it was a professional state, you know, I started a business at 16 uh, out of need and a necessity. And that's what, like my first taste of entrepreneurship. I was like, okay, this is better than what I've been doing. Cause I've been doing all sorts of jobs, dude, like roofing houses, framing houses, I had, had paper routes, I worked guy the club, umpire baseball games, like dude, all sorts of shit to make money. But all of a sudden I realized like, I could do this, I like, clean people's blinds. I was like, okay, I can clean someone's blinds. Mark did do all these kind of things and I can make more in one hour than I make in, well, more hours, a lot more than hours. Yeah. And so I liked that. Uh, then, you know, I went and I started an internet business, web design, web hosting stuff. And that was good, but I also was, you know, I'm I'm obsessed about time. And I saw that was very time consuming. I also never saw the end game of it. It was like, man, I always have to just keep up with technology, keep up with producing websites, keep up with marketing, keep up. I mean, it's just like, man, I just didn't see the end game. And so that kind of led me into real estate. I kind of tripped into the single family space, bought a single family rental to and me, and my buddies lived in, Uh, I saw the value in that though, because they were paying me rent when they were going to college and I wasn't having to pay anything for my rent. That was awesome. And then that parlayed into doing some flips, wholesales, and then that led into multifamily. You know, I learned about multifamily through, you mentioned you guys just had Ryan on there. Ryan, I I just went to one of Dave's uh, seminars, Dave Lindahl, that's where I met Lisa. And, and that's who, you know, trained both of us in the multifamily space, like go through his programs and it uh, did change the trajectory of my life because it, it was a vehicle that could hit all, all three. Like it was a way that I could make active income by, by going and producing or, or buying these, these properties. It was a way I could make active or passive income by taking the money that I'm making actively, actually having enough access to invest passively. And dude, that just. It just changed the tra- trajectory of my life because they didn't, didn't have my view of what was possible in my life. So that was kind of my, I don't know, a condensed version of journey, but journey's been beautiful. The journey is still beautiful. Uh, journey is also challenging and it's still challenging.
4: I did Great. not know you did all that when you were like 16. That that explains a lot. Yeah, some people just get going. I, I kind of think of Donato like that as well. You know, like just get going, do different things. And I mean, I was working when I was 12, but it was for my dad. I wasn't making any money, so that doesn't count. But you know, seeing when people start with those skills young, that's so awesome. Like everything makes sense to me now. Here, here's I, what
0: happened though. Like I remember like it was yesterday coming home. There was two instances. One, I came home from school, like I've school, right? And came home, I just got my license. And so I come home. And my mom, she's like, I work, but she was home. And I wasn't expecting her to be home. And she certainly wasn't expecting me to be home. Uh, but she was crying in her in her room. Um, and my mom is a very happy person. Like, she's just a super, super happy person. And, I mean, I knew the struggles, but like, obviously, I didn't know the details of the financials. But I learned a little bit more. My eyes were open to a little bit more that day. And I just remember being... Like, I love my mom, you know? And so being, I wanted to just help. I wanted to help her, and I wasn't in a position to help her. I literally never wanted to be in that position again. Yeah. And then shortly after that, her car got re- repossessed. And I thought it was getting stolen. You just hold the whole like, got in a, a fight with guys that were repoing it. And that was, like, that changed for me, though. That was where I was like, man, I am committed to doing this. Like, I am committed to figuring out a way uh, I didn't know how to how to change the narrative, how to help. but I was committed to figuring that shit out. So that's where it started.
4: That's amazing. One of the most admirable things about you guys is your family. Like you're just, you know, whether you're looking at Facebook and or and just pictures or like in person, there's like a vibrancy, a joy that radiates out of your family. Your mom's that way. Your sisters are that way. Like it's it's crazy, you know, I grew up on the opposite extreme with a lot of hardship and abuse. So for me, I'm like, man, how do people turn out like that? You know, so it's very admirable. And it's really cool that you're passing that on to your kids and giving them that really joyful, unique life experience that a lot of us don't get to have.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that's a huge compliment. I want to talk a little bit about investor webinars What is the main purpose of investor webinars for raising money?
0: So it's, it's to raise money, right? That's the main purpose, but it's it's scalability too. Like I look at this one-to-one type model where you're raising money one-to-one on one-to-one phone calls. It's like, man, that is a tough way to scale your business. Kind of have to start that way though, right? You have to start that way and but even though you're starting that way, I, I actually still believe there should be an investor webinar because investor webinar, in my opinion, I was terrified to do investor webinars because while I was nervous, nobody would show up. And so to just be this small webinar, there's like three investors and they're like, oh shit, we're the only ones here, you know? <laughs> like, I was just terrified about that. And the other side is that maybe they would ask me a question, that, you know, I, I didn't know it. and that's a fear. And the reality is, you know, you're not going to know, you're not going to know everything. The question is, are you committed to getting the answers? You don't know shit. That's key. But I found investor webinars so so powerful because you were able to lay this foundation, build credibility with the investors because they're seeing you live to have this conversation. Some of my favorites that I've ever done was, were with Lisa, me, you, Sarah, when we would do those, like I, you know, I loved those, you know, and they're asking questions and they're seeing how you reply and respond to those questions, uh, which is, Awesome credibility with your investor. And then you can wrap everything up, you know, behind the scenes, one-to-one. Then you'll get better and better at webinars where you'll you'll send an email, do a webinar. And maybe a few of them will need some, you know, follow-up calls. Maybe, maybe, you know, some of them don't. And then you get better and better where the majority don't. And just a few do. So it's scalability, right? Those webinars. Scalability and credibility, I, will, I would say is what I would narrow it down to. And you know, it's good
2: when you're done and the, the, the raise is complete.
0: Yeah. They yeah, yeah exactly.
2: We were trying to done with that webinar and you guys would look at, you know, the numbers and say, well, we just, we just hit all the numbers that we needed to, all the soft commits we needed.
0: Yep. Let's it's see. an amazing feeling. Yeah. What's amazing is when like, we get notifications, when they submit their, their reservation, so you're on your webinar. And all of a sudden, you like see these notifications popping up, reservations, and you're like, oh shit. So that, that feels like I'm just telling you, like when you're seeing that on a webinar, your confidence increases a ton. And that is felt like it's a sales webinar and a sales is just transference of belief, it's transferred, the transference of energy. And so when you see this buying in from other people, you even though your belief better be high going into it, when you see that belief being transferred to other people, now your belief increases even higher, which now you're, vibrate essentially at a higher frequency to help trans, you know uh, get other people over the edge which is
4: so true I, I can say one thing about Lisa you know we've been doing some recently and um, I love her answers I know I've always been like a fan of her teaching just because I'm one of those people that wants it like blunt I, I don't want yeah. like a bunch of stuff you know and I feel like she has that transparency and like you said about energy people feel that from us they feel if we're genuine or whatnot right and so when we're on these calls I I think people can really feel like this is a real person who's down to earth Donato is really good at sweeping as well but her answers are just real and practical and I, I'm so proud every time we have a webinar and she answers a question I'm like
3: yeah and she are awesome. so
2: good with compliments but yeah i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not good at bullshitting that's that's like it's a, a good and a bad thing but
0: no that's a that's why i love doing that's why i love doing webinars with you because we balance each other out because i'm great at bullshitting. yeah i'm bullshit <laughs> uh, no it was fun though like you really are your your answers are very practical because do you do the business like you do what you know it so it's like, now you just say how it is. And I believe that that's one of the, well, I believe some of the biggest mistakes people make on webinars is trying to, uh, well, they avoid just the directness. You just got to be direct. Direct is a great thing. And investors respect the hell out of that. These are accredited investors. Like,
2: right. So yes. not just trying to tell them what they want to gear or what you think mm-hmm. they want to hear, because a lot of the smart investors, they don't, they don't want you. They're, they're testing you. They don't want, to hear a bunch of bullshit they want to hear the negative they want to hear the risks they want to hear how things could go wrong and how we're going to mitigate those risks i think we exactly. really get it
0: yeah I agree and i think that's one of the most important actionables that anybody could from this is that that they are testing you and they're not testing you in the ways that you think they are they're testing you in will you actually tell them what they do what they already really know, which is the third risk yeah. and one of the risks and how do you plan for them? How did you spot them? What, I mean, what don't you know? Like you just tell them that that's your test. And if you do that, that first of that's what's again, tre- credibility, trust, and that will gain massive momentum for
1: you. Yeah, so directness, candidness. Are there any other most common mistakes webin- that people make with webinars?
0: Um, so I will tell you, well, dude, I'll tell you the things that I, I believe there's some critical components of a webinar, right? And one of them is in the very beginning, because people are coming out like, it, anybody listening to this is going to test this. You get on a webinar, webinar, and you're like, okay, am I going to stay on this webinar? And so creating urgency in the very beginning is, I think, is critical. Because that's going to build momentum, and then you have to maintain the momentum. So you can create that urgency a couple of different ways. You can do hooks of what you're going to talk about. You can talk about benefits. Certainly you can, social, I think one of the best ways is some social proof, social proof, whether we're talking about like, for example, the the webinars that we would do. And I'm just saying this because you can relate to what we would do. The first thing we would talk about would be our track record. Why? Because that's social proofs. There is, you know, there's, there's laws, right? Laws of, um, uh Jeez, what's what I'm
3: looking for? Aloha. Reciprocity. <laughs> Aloha. I'm trying to think a laws,
4: oh not gosh. reciprocity. I can't think of anything else. Gravity.
0: No. Influence. Kidding. Influence. Inf- That's what I was thinking for. Influence. Geez. And one of them is the social proof aspect. And so, so certainly social proof through testimonials, social, social proof through um, track record. That stuff is huge. Uh, the other thing in the very beginning is just having a clear objective on the webinar. I, I think very few people actually go into a true webinar with a true objective. At Lisa, when we ever get on a webinar, would we just get in there and wing it? Or did we know the flow of the webinar?
2: Yeah. We always, we always knew what the questions were going to be. Sarah was, Sarah was the one that was asking us questions. So let was just me and Tyler and he, she would send us here's all the questions which one of you wants to take which questions and we yep. would break them up between and we would go back
0: and forth so no one ever got sick of hearing one of one of, or, or the other one of us it, that's a huge actionable too because sometimes we make it look like we don't know what the question is and we make it right. look like it's very conversational right because right. once again people want to know that people want to feel that so you have to you have to understand like you don't want it to be a canned thing, right? Like like you're reading right. sort of a script or something, right? But there's a flow. We knew the direction of the webinar. Sometimes she would ask every for questions. Sometimes she wouldn't. It was yeah. just it ended on the flow of yeah. the webinar. But we knew oh. that, and it allowed us to think through like our answers. Right? Like, yeah, what's the what's the most concise, direct, correct answer we can we can give you here, so that it's thought out instead of thrown out. Right, like just like thrown out at the moment we, we actually think it out beforehand, or at least an idea of it.
2: Yeah. And um, you knew that we did, we did well, not only by the soft commits, but also by the fact that we didn't actually have a whole lot of questions at the end. So the fact that we didn't have a lot of questions tells me that, you know, we actually were, were thorough enough for people to do the soft commits without having to ask a bunch of, you know, follow
0: That's another thing though, that I would even say is so. In the beginning, right? Gaining some, some momentum, some urgency. And then number two is maintaining the momentum. And I think that part of the reason, part of the way we do that is by answering questions throughout. So people would be asking some questions. Sometimes it would apply. Sometimes wouldn't. And so, sometimes, like, sometimes Lisa and I would engage and ask answer those questions. But do we have our other team members on there answering those questions too? Right. So that's keeping them engaged the whole way through, right? And then... We've already kind of talked about this, but I I want to drill it home again because I think that it's a a key aspect, which is focusing far more on avoiding pain than um, the game, right? Like, I think one of the biggest, you asked me the mistakes on, you know, bigger mistakes on webinars. I think one of the biggest is just going in there and just freaking selling the shit out of it. This is right. how great it is. This is how come it's so great. And you need to do those kind of things. You need, there's a reason you're buying the property, or there better be a reason you're buying the property. But do you need to le- lean a lot more towards avoiding, especially in today's environment? Like today's environment, it's risk avoidance. It's the, you know, the, the pain, the pain could even be on the other side, like the pain that you're going to experience by missing out on it, certainly. But the pain, and you need to avoid the pain, man. This is the problem that's going on. This is how we're solving it. Not just all these cherries on top. Like, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been people people are like, risk? There's no risk. The market is going to grow. It was all cherries. Yes. Okay. It's only going to make 25% return? Oh, my God. That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's great. This market is very different. Very, very different. So you have to, once again, just kind of. Flex and flow and, and move with that. And understand the markets you're in, the market that you're raising, and just the environment that you're raising in. Um, another thing that I would say is to not just say things, but prove it, right? So, Lisa's, you know, you had mentioned that uh, Lisa's answers are direct. Well, what she's doing is she's answering something, but she's not just saying it, She's she's proving it. So, it's like, hey, this is the data. And we work very well with this as, as well. Like, this is why we do this the data behind it. It's almost like you're in court. I would, I would tell you to act like you're in court, like to prove it when you're on there, not just say stuff. Cause anybody can go in there and say whatever they want to say, but you got to prove why you're, you know, why you're speaking to that data point, which means you actually have to have data to that point.
4: Most language right now, which by the way, he's leaving the Limitless conference from promoting his bright investor. So that's why he's in a, car right now but i'm sure he's really loving what you're saying
5: i i couldn't agree more yeah um sorry my phone dropped off for a second because i'm sitting in a car in phoenix and my phone over yeah. <laughs> that happened all the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean, uh,
2: welcome
5: to Arizona. yeah uh but on the webinars <laughs> part of it is you know i think we all have the assumption that people that we're speaking to have understand the value of what it is that we're trying and the opportunity that we're providing them and sometimes we have to remember that just because we fully believe in a product or what it can provide someone pain to help them avoid, doesn't necessarily mean the audience that we're working with does. So, being able to line up that this is what I'm going to talk to you about. This is why it's so important. This is how much, not the technicals that it's going to make you. Maybe this isn't, um, this is exactly the type of return with the little decimal points, but more about the feeling they're going to get by investing in this certain thing, or you're going to have, you're going to sleep well at night. I mean, this team of operators who've done this more times than you can ever imagine is going to put your money to work. You're not going to worry about banks collapsing. You're going to feel confident that you're a part of the exclusive group of investors that are making the world better by providing good, safe, affordable housing to everyone. Isn't that the kind of you know, mission you want to be a part of? Like, no, I'm not talking about the unit yeah. count. I'm not talking about the returns. But now they're part of an exclusive group that's helping make things better. So that's what I've had to take in the webinars, especially for Bright Investor and very much so for raising money. It's like, who are we to you and how can we help, you know, approach your emotional side of the investment?
2: Yeah, and sometimes when you're doing a webinar, you don't know who you're speaking to. It could be some new students and it could be, you know, that have some money or it could and it could be accredited investors. Sometimes it's a little bit of both. So that's why when I'm answering a question, I'm going to give practical examples of what it is to so not only show the credit or the people who have experience that, yes, I actually have done this and I actually know, you know, I wouldn't have these examples if I was just making something up or I read it from a book. But then, you know, that also helps like a new student that's coming out that really doesn't know what's, you know, what we're talking about to kind of break it down into very simple. You know, I don't speak in big words or right. anything like that, so yes. very simple and what people can actually relate to and
0: understand yeah that's another big one man keep it simple simple for sure clear just because you, you don't know who's on there and listen anyone can understand or most of you can understand simplicity they might not know the the terms the jargon the the acronyms the whatever it's like right. you're not going on there trying to be impressive right? you're you're going on there
5: right. to
2: be relatable
5: yeah Exactly. <laughs> well, people love to disprove those that come off as so impressive or so great that, like, well, yeah. I need to make sure I need to maintain my ego. I need to maintain my, you know, independence by not agreeing with you. And so, hey, okay. bro, e no, keep going. Sorry, sorry, keep going. You're yeah, it's just <laughs> like, especially when I find that I'm talking to individuals that are maybe in, I'm, in, I'm in a town I'm really passionate about. I'm talking all about it, and I'm getting really into the jargon and the weeds start to see people's eyes glaze over and you know people love to see people want to be right, people want to be knowledgeable. people want to be the expert. You know it feels good when you know when you know a lot about something. And so in those moments when you get really excited and you know, I have to hold myself back because now people are going what does he? what is he talking about? I want to maintain my independence as someone who knows what they're talking about. so I need to maybe they go against what he's saying so I can maintain my own independence. and I have those moments where, oh, I actually went too far in one direction. And now people want to say they want to say no to me, so that they can maintain their level of I'm the expert here. And then it's you pick up on that.
2: It's really great that you pick up on that because there's a lot of people that just talk and they have no idea what other people are um, how their other people are reacting. And you really need to be able to adjust with who you're talking to and how that look on their faces.
5: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Uh, so, uh, uh, so good. That's so good. Just different. being like, just being aware and yeah, reading your 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 audience right because it shows it tells me this. The fact that you know, like how they're responding shows that you actually care about the people who are on the call. The people who don't recognize the people who are just too self-absorbed, they're not even, yes. you know, they forget that other people are even on
1: They're
0: yes. just like, they're just there. So dude, here, I learned this the hard way, by the way. I learned this the hard way from speaking. The first times I ever started to speak, I wanted to be impressive, right? And I would felt like I was always I getting Jimmy Wars trying to be so combative. And I'd be like, why are people such assholes? You know? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm always like, trying to combat. And it was a small shift. And the small shift was exactly what you just said, which is, I don't know it all. And just going in, like, understand, like, I don't know it all. I know some mm-hmm. stuff, but I don't know it all. Like, I'm going to tell you what I do know. Speaking in simple terms, being excited to share the information, not to move. Mm-hmm the information sharing you
2: don't even you're here in your classes i've said in on lots of your classes and that's yeah. how you start out with you start out with jokes you start out with telling showing everyone that you're a real person and yep. you tell people on the experience that you have but that you don't know everything and you know but you also you know poise yourself in in a very strong way where people are going to regardless of what kind of experience they have where people are going to want to sit and listen and yep.
5: realize this
3: guy has,
2: you know, information that I,
5: that,
3: that could really help me. You Tyler,
5: know. have you read uh, Russell Brunson's Expert Traffic and Expert Secrets? Because what that book uh, uh, outlines is a webinar in speaking in front of live audiences, how to structure it. But what he puts down is exactly what Lisa's talking about, what you already do. So when you, start, when you start talking to someone, you just say, look, here's who I am, but I wasn't always like this. I came from this. I failed in these ways. And to say that to get here, I wasn't just plopped here with all the knowledge, you know, magically put into my head. I had to fall on my face, get back up, fall on my face again, get some, get some teeth surgery, think of that whole thing, start running and then scrape my knee again and then showcase that journey of information to now I'm at the point I've gotten those scrapes and bruises. Now I can share this opportunity or this information with you. And Lisa's great at that because she can could, she could talk about the fact that we moved the whole family over in you know, North Carolina. We were going there. We were doing the small complex. We didn't know what we were doing. We were knocking on doors. I, I didn't speak Spanish at the time. I didn't know how to speak <laughs> st- <laughs> so Students
2: like- love to hear like all the yeah. trips and all the things that I yeah. didn't know. And all the st- And I was a waitress, but I'm just a normal person you know Tyler when I come to your classes we've both have I remember one time I was you know like bragging about how I barely graduated high school and you're like wait a second that's my thing I (laughs)
3: we were like
2: bragging about how we didn't go to college and you know so I mean but I think that you know when I'm speaking to the students one of the things I love so much about coming to your class and talking to the students and telling them my story you know and how it doesn't start out real real well and People didn't really think that we were going to have huge success. But I see a lot of the students looking at me and I saw some with tears in their eyes where it's like, oh my gosh, I think I can do this. And that's, that's the most powerful thing. All of us, our, us successful people are going out there and bragging about what we have means nothing to anyone. In fact, yeah. that actually does the opposite. But when yep. we come out there and we actually let them know, we, we're just like you. We started out just like you. The difference, or really what we did was we worked our butts off. And we made it through a lot of really hard times and we never quit. That's the secret. Don't
4: quit. Keep going. That's it. It's that simple. People appreciate vulnerability for sure. And I I think what I've learned too, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, is it seems like a a lot of accredited investors, at least people we know, they're not really familiar with this. So they can be accredited and making all this money, but they're not familiar with what we're doing and this is for you know there's so many new people wanting to get into investor relations and raising money but um you know there's like people like that but they don't really understand how this works and you can kind of tell by their questions and how you answer that is so important because you know it's if you don't really even understand syndication and how that works which I don't believe you do until like do deal two or three I don't know (laughs) Um, but I don't think you really wrap your head around all of it. But yeah, then, you know, of course they're going to trip you up. And I don't know. It's, it's a interesting thing to kind of really learn what, how to explain it to people when they aren't even familiar with it, even accredited investors.
0: Yeah. And what to speak to, you know, you think, you think about the different examples that were given. It's really storytelling. I look at it as storytelling, like mm-hmm. you're just telling a story been, and it's, Story has three basic components. I call it normal. Well, this is from a book I read. I think it's something's called something with stories in it. Stories <laughs> stick or something. <laughs> I think it's stories stick. But she said that she broke it down so simply. She said normal explosion new normal. It's like that's a sto- that's a storytelling. Man, I was doing this, and then this happened. This explosion, and then this is this new normal. But you're you're telling a story throughout, like. This exa- these examples of deals, those are those are just stories. And people love stories. stories. People learn through stories because they stick, right? They're sticky. They're memorable. You, we remember them. Like least the story that you just talked about. Like I, I know that story. She, and, I, and I've heard it multiple times, but I know that story. I knew that story the first time she told it. Because I was like, it's stuck, right? You you get it, it sticks. Stories are are key. So how can you weave in your, your principles? Or what you're trying to teach through a story in a a condensed version, right? Not a big long, drawn-out story, but a condensed version of that story that gets you know, a point across.
5: So with the uh, with Mm -hmm. the topic of today's webinar, I think we can tell the audience here that when it comes to raising funds, investor relations, tell a story that's relatable to your audience to have the most success in raising money. Am I hearing that message correctly? To be uh, the great, powerful Lisa and Tyler, do you guys agree with
3: that?
5: (laughs) Well, yeah, because here, here's the thing:
0: you don't. When we tell a story, so when I'm telling facts, it's important for for like, anybody listening to this will be huge for them. Because when you're telling us facts, 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 figures, whatever benefits, features, you're you're. It's hard for people to really pull it. But when you're telling us, because you're trying to define the outcome for them. But when you're telling a story, you think that they're hearing your story. no, they're translating. They're story stories in their head of how yeah. they re- relate to that story. Yes. That's what it is. Right. And that's powerful because that also causes connection. And yeah. one of the most in- important things you can do with inspiring and, you know, individuals to move forward and do anything is to connect. And there's different ways that you can, you can connect, but that is a way you can connect because you don't know who your story is going to resonate with, but telling your story makes it sure that you're going to resonate with people. You're going to resonate with people. You're going to connect with people. So that connection that drives action.
2: That's 100% true because, I mean, there were, like, after I told that story at your, you know, at an MFM event, it was always the moms that would come up to me because that she yeah, resonated with me. But I had a husband, too. <laughs> He's just not usually up there with me. You know, so we did it together. But that was who was resonating with me. They were picking up on me and my story. And then I also throw into my story about Adam and Eric and, you know, bringing them into the business. And now Adam and Eric are out there, they're doing their own stuff. And, you know, people are picking up on all that. And I get a lot of parents coming up to us like, oh my gosh, how did you get your kids to do this? But that's, this is what I really want. And so that's become a really big part of it as well. But whatever it is that you can talk about that other people relate to, I, I mean that's that's how I've been able to build break relationships as well. I know this isn't about that, but you know, just the relationships in general and finding commonality
0: with people is is huge. Dude. Lisa, you make me you know, you say that and it makes me think of and wonder how many people have never even thought through how to tell their story. Like because that's important. they your story. Yeah. Like they think, think about, you know, the initial question of you know, tell us your your background, your story. It's like Shit, I could talk about tons of stuff, right? Tons of stuff. But what is the thing that you should be talking about? And actually, I would say that today's version like, that I said this, you know, at the beginning is probably the worst version that I've ever done because I didn't think through how I should how I should tell it. Typically, when I come onto a webinar, I know that they're going to ask me to tell my story, and so I'm like, okay, who's their who's their audience? Like, I literally want to know like who is their audience, and what parts of my story should I tell that will help resonate with that audience? And honestly, I didn't do that today for whatever reason. Uh, but that's important. But, but I also know my story. And so you have to think through your story and what that really means and how they connect and how it connects with others. But if you just take the time to, like I remember writing, like literally writing, like a, how my story became my story was, well, first up I lived it. When I, how I tell my story <laughs> is I like wrote it all out. And then I chucked it down, chucked it down, chunked it down to make it what it is. And it trial and error. Yeah. You tell your story, you're like, that sucked. That was not, that did not get across what I wanted to get across. Let's let's revamp it. Let's change it. Let's try it a different yeah. way.
4: It takes I, really some practice. I really liked your answer because I felt like it gave us something that nobody else has heard yet. And that's, you know, one thing I really love is kind of getting deeper into like who people really are and where they come from and so when you were saying all that I was like this is so cool because I know this is a different story than what people usually hear at least I wasn't familiar with that part so I, yeah. I was like yes we have something unique I'm, I'm glad true. you didn't think it through thank you
0: hey Adam <laughs> cut out that part that I said I didn't think it through <laughs> cut that out. Months <laughs> of planning. That
3: one.
1: Oh man. On. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut that out. No, no, no. No time to
2: do. Cut this part out.
1: Yes. Yeah. There we go. All right. Let's take a little bit of a segue into funds. What is a fund, and how does it work?
0: I mean, yeah. our fund is very typical to a syndication, like. Typical syndication, if you're looking at the most basic level, right? It's one investment into one deal. And our fund is, when I say it's it's similar to a syndication, I mean how we structure the returns to investors. It's literally, it's the exact same way as we would do a syndication deal. But a fund, And now we have one investment into many deals. So let's say you invest into the fund once, and now you get access to the deals that that fund buys. So it gives you diversification, Across many as- across many apartments instead of one. So the, the whole goal of that is to increase your upside by limiting your downside. That's the goal. That's the basic answer to a fund. I don't know if that's what it, you're for, but...
2: It also it also mitigates your risk. Yeah. In
0: case yeah.
2: In case something happens with one deal or one loan or one area or whatever.
0: Yeah, we know a thing or two about that.
2: Yeah, there's three of things. Yeah.
1: Would would you recommend students start a fund or do you think
0: they should have experience first? I think dude, a fund is a hard thing to raise into. It's harder to raise into a fund. They should have experience, in my opinion, because it's easier to raise into a specific deal. Even though we just talked about all, you know, these pro I could tell be pros for days of what what I know are pros of having a fund. But the investor is really investing in you at that point. And now you have the autonomy to go buy these deals. So they really are investing in you. But if you don't have a track record of success, you haven't taken deals whole cycle. It's very hard for an investor to really really trust the outcome of the investment that they're investing in. And so it's it's way more difficult to raise money into a fund than it is for an individual syndication. I'll also tell you, and that's even today. That's even for us. I'll tell you that it is easier for us like when we go and we do an investor webinar for our fund, the conversion rate is lower than if we'll do an investor webinar about a specific property that's going into a fund. If we, if we talk specifically about a specific property that is going into the fund, our conversion rate increases. That has been a learned thing for us as well. But no, I mean, people, I think starting with the fund, I would not go that route first I mean build a uh, reputation basically right I
4: mean if nobody knows you in uh, the business or anything like that that would be tough but I do like the info you just gave out about how um people your conversion rates basically I think that's really good I haven't heard anybody talk about that and it makes so much practical sense so that's great info.
5: I like what you said there too about uh people when it comes to the fund right people are investing in you and I have the privilege of knowing what that's like. Uh, people in this group know, know what I'm talking about. Uh, the full belief in the not only the technical capacity of what you're able to do with the fun, but the heart behind it. And that uh, they know that you're going to take care of them. That you're going to continue to do things that are in their interest uh, over multiple years, even multiple deals. Now, it's really a testament to uh, the relationship you've been able to build. Uh, a little emotional right here. No, No, (laughs) No, second chord but yeah that's um i think a lot of students should keep that in mind that raising a fund is more than just just money for a deal it's let me share my future with you it's a completely different approach
2: well i think uh, even raising money for one particular deal a lot of students um you know they focus on it's about the deal it's about the deal it's about the deal and it really it's still about the people. It's still about the operators. Oh. I mean, especially accredited investors For anyone that has experience, they know that a good deal can be messed up by bad operators, and okay. a bad deal can be saved by good operators. And so, it still comes down to being about the people. Um, but you know, we we talk we always talk a lot about about the deal. And we're always trying to convince people on the yeah. deal, but it it really is you know who are your sponsors, who are who is your experience. Who is going to come save the day when she hits the fan? You know, who is who's who who are the operators that are gonna be running it? It still comes down to mostly yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. I, mean, I was I, I interviewed Fina Jetty on our podcast. I, I I don't know. One thing I saw that, that I thought, and
4: I loved I just her. I, that, I haven't listened yeah. to her. She is so great. It's so oh, great. It, awesome. it was great.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Did you hear the part where she was saying talking about I think she called them? tourist investors or sure. real estate tourists or something like that. And it's essentially operators who are they see like they see what's happening in the space. And so they're just like, oh you know, I'm not coming out. And I like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of dangle them and kind of dip a toe. Uh, yeah.
2: That's
0: it. Those people are the people that will be in massive amounts of trouble. It's like you have to be committed to the process. You have to be committed to the process. And so if you if you're going in and you're trying once well, again, this is about raising capital for deals, right? So you're trying to raise capital for deals, and you're dabbling. You're not fully committed, and even if you're saying that you're fully committed, if you're truly not fully committed, mm-hmm. do people feel what you you know feel your intention far more than they hear what you say, right? They're gonna feel it. Energy is real, dude. One of the biggest ways to to gain credibility is to be, free to who you are, to so, to really because if not. You're gonna be you're gonna be saying a story that's not a real story, right? You're gonna be saying something that's not true, and you're gonna be wondering why you can't build trust and credibility with investors. That's well, first off, it's because it's not true. in people, you you discredit people's ability to feel things, dude. Energy is real, and so you gotta be all in and not just say it but do it, right? To be all in, absolutely,
5: absolutely.
2: And that's why you can show people you've gone full circle, and they can see that you know you been able to pay investors full circle and that you've committed to a full project especially if you've got multiple full projects to me i think that's the key that, mm-hmm. that's really the key to it. and that's why we you know we have to and i've been i've been you know harping this with with everyone is you know st- stop talking so much about like this number and these numbers those numbers are all projections anyway right we don't know what's going to happen in the market, but what we do know is that things are not going to go as we plan. We know that things are not going to go as our business plan says, or, you know, here's our worst case scenario. Well, maybe it's the worst case scenario. <laughs> maybe we don't know COVID's coming around the corner or something, you know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. So th- what they need to know is that we have operators, like this is one of the things I say on the webinars lately is, I don't know what's coming around the corner. We've tried to, you know, think of everything that we could think of to try to mitigate risk. We don't know. But what we do know is that we have been through so many scenarios and you have a lot of capable people that are running this project. And when something happens, we will get together and we will come up with what is going to be the most advantageous to our investors, because that's all of our top priority. And as long as the investors know that, they're going to feel a lot, a lot more comfortable knowing that they've got capable people who are going to come together and figure out how do we come up? How do we fix this? How do we, you know, just like we did with COVID. I remember when COVID was happening, and, you know, the stuff that we had to, that we had to go
0: through. Totally brainstorm together and see different perspectives and yeah. kind of working together. But what's cool about, like when you're talking about those kind of things on a webinar, what you're really doing is you're taking ownership for the journey of this there's investors about to go on and yeah. that should breed, that should build, you know, like you're saying, you're, you're taking responsibility for the journey. And if you, if you even think of the word response, you know, re- responsibility, it's your ability to respond. You're like, do we have the ability to respond and we're also willing to respond. And we know that we're going to have to respond. Yeah, we're very, right. you know, able to do it. You know, it's like, you're taking ownership for it, responsibility for it, which is key. People feel that too
4: people fill our energy with each other. That's something I really use to our advantage because, um, you know, sometimes we'll get on calls. Donato and I did some together where maybe somebody was newer in multifamily and they have an investor and, you know, they're they're not really familiar with what to say. And it could have been me or it could have been him or it could have been Lisa. But even on our webinars too, like they feel our energy with each other. And so we got on a couple of calls with people and at the end I felt so pumped. I I felt like we, you know, him and I, we just like bounced back and forth. He's different you know, he's different. And I'm different. I'm a people person. I'm I'm a deep person, you know, he's really into his market research, but also has a huge heart too. And so Like he would go and then I would share a different aspect. You know what I mean? But even if they're looking at you on a screen like this, they can feel your relationships. I I can tell you our team and Lisa, Greg and Adam and Eric, everyone knows the good and they know maybe what they don't like about that person. We know it all (laughs) inside (laughs) out at this point, you know?
0: That's critical too, though. That's critical. It is. It is. Yeah. Knowing your partner. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, and you don't know who's going to appeal to who. That's why I think Fine. if everyone, our strength is in our in, is in our differences. It's not our. It's not in our. You know, um, similarities. It's in our differences. And so, if you have three people on a call and they're all the same damn person, uh, that's you're limiting yourself. And like, and your partnership shouldn't be that way anyway. Your partnership should have Fine. unique, yeah, differences.
2: I remember when we would do webinars, Tyler, and I would speak more about like Texas and how it feels and we would go out there and the people and all that kind of stuff. And I would say now for the analytics, go to Tyler and Tyler would uh, the statistics and percentages, but some people are not about percentages and statistics. That goes, That's it. It goes that's over their head or they just glass their their eyes glass over. But some totally. people want to, want to know the feeling or want to know, you know, the colors of the building or whatever it is. I'm, <laughs>
0: I think it's about oh, time for trivia. Okay. Yeah, I'll say one more what thing is- with it, though, because Not I just it. went to a lunch with an investor. You
2: don't cut the, the, you don't cut our, um, yes, though. That's oh, all good. <laughs> <You keep going. laughs> you know,
0: I, Jackson does that to me, all the time in our podcast, we've got a freaking rap. But I went to lunch with this investor, and he's like, yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. I don't, like, we can talk about. The investment, and I did some, a buddy of mine. So like, really just going to lunch, and I know he wants to invest. We're just chatting, right? It's very, yeah. gosh, but he's like, I'll be honest, I don't need to know the stats, the details. He goes, I'm, I'm a gut investor, I invest guns. It's <laughs> yeah. like my like, gut already tells me that I'm going to invest. So just so you know, like I, I invest with my gut, and that's how some people yeah. are, man. Some people need the data, some people just invest with their gut.
2: There's we're gut investors,
0: honestly. I, would I say I
2: am too.
0: I, I would say I am too. So, but we need to, you, what we need to know as operators on a, on an investor webinar is that we need to appeal to both because there's going to be both of those types of personalities on a call. If you have to be able to appeal to both, then that comes from what's in a partnership. So. 100%. Good. Awesome. All right. What's the trivia?
1: Right. Are you ready for the commercial multifamily lion's den trivia What <laughs> Our guests have never got a question wrong. You have to get all of them right.
2: How can you always do that? He always says that, and it always makes the the guests feel so nervous. That's not true.
1: I'm ready. I'm a seatbelt on. All right. Question number one. According to CMBS research from trep.com, analyzing data from loans maturing by 2024, assuming a refinance into a 5.5% interest only loan between the four major property types multifamily retail office and lodging which one has the highest concentration of loans that could have potential difficulty refinancing into a higher interest rate environment meaning their dscr would be below 1.25 or the, I mean,
4: the three, four, retail multifamily and
1: multifamily retail office and lodging
5: Office. Wow, yeah, I would say office too. And uh not because I don't know the answer. I actually go catch, go catch my flight right now coming back to St. Louis. But I totally know the answer. Uh, I'm totally gonna text Adam when I'm as soon as you guys answer and I'll let just you know. Yeah, I, right. know. The, <laughs> I know, right? Oh uh, geez, but uh Tyler's great to talk to you today and uh, Godfather, always happy always a pleasure. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, okay, not a to you. Let's
4: I'm gonna say lodging to do something different.
0: Mine was office. I
4: think office.
3: Office, office. Okay. You can't be the same.
2: But, but it's office. All right, go for it.
1: (laughs) The answer is lodging.
2: Wait, 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 wait. How
1: is that possible? is lodging. I love but... it
2: when I beat the experts. It's so freaking awesome. <laughs> wait, how, how is office, <laughs> Wait, office is like 50-60% occupied?
1: Yeah, I know but lodging isn't doing too great either. Lodging is approximately like 31%. The 5.5 interest only loan. Hmm.
3: Interesting. righty. I
2: don't think I believe him. I write that that, down that, I'm looking. I'm, hey, I'm going to
3: you.
1: <laughs> Question number two. According to visualcapitalist.com, which state had the greatest number of counties with declining population growth from 2010 to 2018? So, thinking states with a lot of counties.
0: Oh, now multiple choice streets have to guess. Yeah, you have to guess. Get...
2: <laughs> California. Yeah, he makes it easy. I was thinking California. This is cool. a while ago, though. Were people migrating away from California—they well, were California coming
3: up here in
4: 2010, before that. Newer. Oh, before that, yeah. But it's really started to pick up.
0: I would say California does make sense. I'm going to switch it and say New York.
4: I was thinking that one, but too. I don't know if that Just has like- lots of
0: counties. Definitely not as many as. California. Can't be. I was going to say
2: California or New York.
0: Okay.
1: So this is a a tricky (laughs) one because the answer is Texas. But Texas also has the most amount of counties with increasing population growth. It just has a lot of counties.
2: So people were migrating away and toward?
1: Yeah, (laughs) there's a copious (laughs) amount of of counties in Texas had more counties with inclining population growth. So it's kind of a trick question. Dude, that's not. trick well,
0: trick, tricky. Which I guess could make sense trick Texas is huge. Texas is massive. Yeah. 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 Um, man, yeah was like yes, that was definitely a trick. He works like tiny. That's a dumbest answer,
2: <laughs> <laughs> But that, but well, you're thinking that because people are moving away from it, especially these days. Definitely.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, Adam.
1: Question number three. There is currently $22 in the U.S. banking system. According to the FDIC, how much debt can they back when you include both the agency's balance sheet and their line of credit available from the U.S. Treasury?
4: What does this get like harder every episode or
0: what? Where is this coming
4: from? Give us easier stuff.
0: We got multiple choice, bro.
2: I know. I agree. There should be multiple
4: choice. Donato's do not more- on no. here. So, the only person that here probably give us has options. any clue is not here.
1: Okay, I'll give you some options 1.54 trillion, 224.5 billion, or 105 billion.
4: Okay, you looked up in the air for the last two. So, clearly, <laughs> it's not those since you just pulled it out of your butt.
0: Maybe I tricked you. <laughs>
4: Doubt it. <laughs> the first one, whatever that was.
0: What was the first number again? You said one point right?
4: five four yeah. trillion.
1: Yeah, one point five four trillion.
2: Two point no, 2, 2, two two four two two
1: four point five billion or one hundred and five billion.
2: I say one hundred and five billion. I would say the first one. I think the first one. Is still
0: my answer. Yeah, maybe so. The trillions, yeah.
1: The answer is 224.5 billion.
0: Oh man, yeah. it looks like
4: you named that up. He is like looking up here like this. Trick is tricking you.
0: I did that. to player, dude. to player.
2: Right. Yeah, it's Dang. These are tough, right. bro. I know. Yeah, I know. need to make them easier.
4: We're not getting smarter.
1: <laughs> I thought you would.
4: I was thinking we're getting smarter <laughs> that is, now you want to invest your money with us don't you hey <laughs> <laughs> not in, not in trivia
0: yeah don't don't bet on us in trivia bet on us in
2: no. grit <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely the grit
0: yeah i might do multiple choice in the future
2: yeah that would be great
0: <laughs> those are good man. all right those are good do
2: we have any final thoughts Taylor?
0: Uh, I'll say one more thing that I, I was thinking of with just the webinar side because I think so one of the biggest mistakes people make and I just go back to that initial question and one thing that I thought was the follow-up it was just the follow-up. People fail to follow-up and that means I would editor- say most of our conversions by the way come from the replay not the live. Now it's the replay not the live like when they actually like convert like they may fill out an initial, but actually convert comes from replay which is crazy. So the replay and the follow-up that's the last thing. I just, dude, know who you're investing with. You know, like we talked about earlier, know who you're investing with and know that your investors need to know who they're investing with. So what are you doing? Like in today's market, it's all about, so risk aversion, obviously. Uh, So they need to, like, they need to know you. So how do they know you? Are you you out there on social media? Do you have a credible brand? Do you have a track record? Do you know people that, they may know in the space. It's like the more that you can build those things up, the better. And obviously a sponsor comes into play. Huge for you there as well. You know, I always have to leverage your own side of things, especially in the beginning. You can leverage, you know, a sponsor's track record, their brand, their credibility as you're building your own. This is beautiful.
2: So. For sure. That was awesome.
0: awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Just, too. Thank you, guys. I love chatting with you guys. This was fun. It was super fun. We got to do this again.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. it's it's, yeah. it's very different. It's more just like, you know, having a conversation. But I think a lot of the, I think students really can resonate with just us regular people. And, but we're all very different and get a lot of different perspectives.
0: Yeah. I loved, I loved it. Adam, you killed it by the way, bro. Super impressed, man. What I'm the, the podcast voices. just Yeah. Thank you.
2: You,
1: <laughs> ener- you energized me at the beginning with all the compliments. That's-
0: i don't know if you saw my smile when you first the minute you started speaking i was like oh i wasn't expecting it i loved it
1: thank you for listening to the commercial multi-family lion's den podcast if you enjoyed today's show make sure to leave us a like subscribe and share with anyone you think can gain value from today's episode what conundrums are you facing let us know in the comment section below and we'll get to it in a future episode if you're interested in passively investing with us, you can go to am-multifamily.com or you can email Fia at am-multifamily.com. Those links will be in the show description on the Lion's at Facebook page and website. Thank you, and have a boring day. <laughs> oh, awesome.